1: Good afternoon to you and yours. How are you? It is Tuesday, November 22nd, the year 2022. So if you did it by numbers, that would be 11 slash 22 slash 22. Just saying, just saying. Um, My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite in the game studios. He is spinning the tunes, pushing all the buttons making sure this show runs smoothly and professionally for the next two hours. He's on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you happen to be in the Acadiana area, you can put a face to the voice because we are simulcast on television, 32.3. And um, 133 on LUS Fiber.
0: Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines.
1: Well, fresh off of a win over Illinois State in the Cayman Islands Classic, LSU Hoops playing again today against Akron. And with 9 minutes and 18 seconds left in the second half, LSU with a 53-44 advantage behind K.J. Williams, 16 points. Adam Miller has 15. Justice Hill has 10. LSU shooting the ball well at 45%. Akron only 26%. LSU 7 of 14 from downtown, 50%. Akron only 29%. And you're saying, well, why isn't LSU leading more? Well, um, LSU shooting 91% from the free throw line, 10 of 11. Akron 16 of 22 from the stripe, and they are out-rebounding LSU 32 to 23. Of those 32 rebounds for Akron, 18 are on the offensive end, so it's a plus 11 in offensive rebounds. Right now, 55-45 LSU over Akron. We will keep you updated along the way until we get a final score LSU trying to get to 5-0 and on the early season. Um, LSU football. Uh, Brian Kelly was asked how this game, this holiday week, how it's going to affect their preparation. Um, and he said, look, we're going to practice in the morning on Thanksgiving morning. Then they're going to release the non-traveling players so they can be with their families. Those are they're making the trip to College Station along with the staff and their families will share Thanksgiving dinner. Friday will be normal in the sense that they'll have meetings at noon, board the plane around 3 or 4 o'clock, get into College Station around 6 o'clock. So um, no time to be worried about going home. Um, home can come here, uh, and they'll feed everybody and have a grand old time and then back to business as usual. Uh, one of the big outbreaks of the game against UAB was Noah Kane who Brian Kelly said really helped himself with the way he played in that game. And that's significant given that Josh Williams still coming uh, back uh, from that knee sprain. Williams is making process uh, progress. They want to be careful uh, and they want to be safe. So Noah Kane um, is going to play a lot and, uh, 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 and be very heavily counted upon um, this weekend. He's not flashy, but he understands what he does. He's Low pads, runs hard. Uh, so that's what they're going to um, rely upon. Someone asked Brian Kelly the question about defensive coordinator Matt House, who is up for all the awards as the one of the top assistant coaches in the country. And he was asked about the possibility that House would be cherry-picked to be a coach somewhere else. And Kelly said, look, if, House, if he gets an opportunity where he thinks he's going to be better for it, I'll help him in any way possible. I think that's part of this profession. He added that he doesn't think House came here to be the defensive coordinator for one year, and he thinks his family really likes it here. One more little football tidbit. Did you know that LSU has three, one, two, three, five-star commitments for the class of 2023? Surprisingly, that's surprising. That's more than any other team in the country. Those five stars are in-state offensive tackle Zalance Hurd of Neville High in Monroe, Catholic High wide receiver in Baton Rouge, Shelton Sampson Jr., and LSU's third five-star commitment is edge rusher Deshaun Womack of Baltimore, Maryland, who moved up from number 29 to the number 22 overall prospect in America. So that's pretty darn good. So congratulations to them. Um, No Steph Curry, no Klay Thompson, no Draymond Green, no Golden State Warriors. Uh, The Pelicans with an easy, easy 45-point win. They outscored Golden State by 19 in the first, by five in the second, by eight in the third, and by 13 in the fourth. They just rolled to improve to 10-7 overall. The Warriors are 8-10 and now. Uh, Zion Williamson back on the court, played 23 minutes, 3 of 7 from the field, 3 of 4 from the free throw line, 2 rebounds, 4 assists. He had a total of 9 points. Uh, Brandon Ingram led the way, with uh, making 12 of 19 field goal attempts. He had 34 points. C.J. McCollum with 15, Jonas Valanciunas with 10, and off the bench. Devontae Graham with 19, Boy, 6 of 11 from downtown. Jose Alvarado with 10 um no Trey Murphy on this one not uh did not play so Pelicans get a win and that's uh terrific we now know that the New Orleans Saints as a what um not eight and a half point underdog to the San Francisco 49ers who last night uh very impressive 28 point win 38 to 10 over the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the 49ers are now six and four. They are tied in the NFC West with the Seattle Seahawks at six and four. We are, we know that Saints are four and seven, one game behind the Atlanta Falcons, a game and a half behind the idle Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But for the 49ers, much like uh, Andy Dalton, it's either feast or famine. Jimmy Garoppolo feasted 20 of 29 for 228 yards and four touchdowns. Um, George Kittle, four catches, 84 yards, two touchdowns. They've got McCaffrey out there catching seven passes. Debo Samuel catching seven passes. Uh, They're just, uh, they're good. And this IUK, uh, two receptions, 20 yards, two touchdowns. So pretty darn good to say uh, the very least. Colt McCoy in for the injured Kyler Murray. Uh, was the starting quarterback for Arizona. He was uh, substituted for late when the game was out of hand by Todd McSorley, the former Penn State Nittany Lion. So Arizona struggling, 49ers upward trending, and that's who the Saints have to play uh, this weekend. We'll hear from uh, the Ragin' Cajuns, Coach Mike Desimo, uh, as they try to get to win number six. They go on the road to play Texas State. They are a Four-point favorite in the ballgame. A win gets them to six wins, bowl eligible. So we'll hear from him. Uh, We'll talk to Brian Kelly about the significance of getting to 10 wins. To get to 10 wins, they would have to beat Texas A&M this Saturday, 6 o'clock. You can listen to it right here on the game uh, in Lafayette and in Lake Charles and all surrounding areas. So uh, we'll talk to Brian Kelly about that. Um, and the Saints are feeling a little bit better about themselves after their win over the Rams can they can they parlay that momentum into a stretch run and can they contend in the NFC south I personally think they can uh but we shall see updated score now 621 to play lSU 58. Akron 49 Adam Miller leading the way with 20 KJ Williams with 16 uh, LSU trailed at the half by 2 35 33 since then they've outscored Akron in the second half 25 to 14 so if LSU can just can just rebound misses they ought to be in pretty darn good shape I would think they'd be in pretty darn good shape so um, that's what we have the Saints Uh, Week 15 game versus the Atlanta Falcons is set for December 17th. The date of the game had to be a TBD to be determined on the NFL schedule since it was released in May. The kickoff time and broadcast network have not been confirmed. Week 14 is the Saints bye. That's the latest possible option because the Saints play on Monday, December 5th at Tampa Bay. The Saturday game against Atlanta means the Saints will have a only a 12-day break. And, boy, they will need it. They will need it, yeah. Um, the Falcons will come off their bye week heading to New Orleans. Atlanta will have had a Sunday, December 4th game against Pittsburgh. So the Falcons will have a 13-day gap between the games. San Francisco a nine-point favorite over the Saints uh, this Sunday out by the bay so um wait and see wait and see on all of that um they call it the biggest upset in world cup history uh saudi arabia upsets argentina and Lionel Messi. wow who'd have thunk that of course we saw the usa in a 1-1 tie yesterday with wales so um, they will play again on friday and manchester united has terminated uh their star player cristiano ronaldo's contract uh with immediate effect he is uh, no longer with them and uh he is playing for portugal in the world cup and we'll see how much that affects him if any so those are your headlines of the day right there um We have, uh, like I said, the World Cup. It's back. You can watch all the thrilling action on Delta Media's Telemundo Lafayette free over the air on KLWB Channel 50.3 and Cox Channel 19. For Lake Charles listeners, World Cup fans can watch on Telemundo Lake Charles free over the air on Channel 19.2 and Suddenlink Channel 137. That's thrilling World Cup action on delta media i'm amazed by all these countries fans who have traveled to is it cutter is it guitar what do you call it all i know is they got some fine buildings and the money is like water out there just like water um so anyway world cup underway here's our guest list today we just got two people but we're going to lean on them we're going to take a look at the college action from what it was to what we're looking forward to this weekend with All the rivalry games with Mike Huguenin. We're moving up uh, hump day with Huguenin to a Tuesday. And then the black and gold report in hour number two with Bob Rose of the Saints News Network. So um, we will update you on that again now with, let's see how much time is left. Four minutes even. LSU is up the ante, 62-52 over Akron with uh, Adam Miller with 20, KJ Williams with 16, Ball is back in action uh, with 3.59 to go. Tigers up by 10. We'll update that when we return. And Michael huganen from on3.com on this um, Tuesday edition of the Jordy Hilpert Show on the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles.
0: Uh oh. Do you know what day it is? Huh? Anybody? It's time for Jordy to break down the biggest storylines in college athletics with Mike Huguenin of On3.com. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Here is Hump Day with Huguenin. On the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: And honor our Thanksgiving. We moved it up one day. Mike, always so accommodating, and we thank him for that. I uh, guess a quick update 318 to go in the Cayman Islands Classic, LSU 64, Akron 52, Adam Miller with 20, KJ Williams with 16. So we'll update you across the board on that. Hello, Michael Huguenin. Happy early Thanksgiving, my friend. How have you been?
2: I appreciate the uh, thoughts and have been doing well, uh, but I am a little bit saddened that this is the final weekend of the college (laughs) football regular season. Um, We wait so long for it to get here, and then, man, it zooms by.
1: It really does, doesn't it? Golly, it really, really does. What a weekend uh, it was in college football with so many of these ranked teams having to go down to the wire. Um, just to stay alive in this thing. And the Pac 12 delivered. Uh, USC and UCLA got after it. Um, a 48 45 win by the Trojans. Was that um, was that a big enough impactful win, do you think, for the Trojans when the, the college football playoff poll comes out tonight? Do you think they're going to be. I
2: think they're going to have moved up. I think they're going to be fifth. And you're right. I mean, last week on paper was a dog. But it ended up being tremendous. Um, TCU kicking a last play field goal to beat Baylor. Michigan going to the final seconds to beat Illinois. Um, Ohio State struggling for a while against Maryland. Um, The Utah Oregon game, what ended up being great as I expected. The same with USC UCLA. But yeah, it could. and, And then of course Tennessee. Uh, wow. That's mind blowing. You know, looking back, still almost a week later, uh, well, three days later. How did South Carolina beat Tennessee? But ended up being a, a extremely exciting weekend, extremely entertaining weekend, and I think it was impactful because I think USC is going to be fifth. But th- that said, LSU knows if it beats Georgia, it's going to be in the College Football Playoff. I think.
1: Hmm. Um. USC certainly has a chance to with, withhold that cuz they they play some ranked teams down they got Notre Dame coming up and then they'll play somebody in the uh the Pac-12 Championship game if they win out like this but um maybe some LSU fans might be a little bit frustrated with that but why why will they leapfrog LSU who was ahead of them and basically took care of business against uh, an inferior opponent why why is the USC 3 point win over UCLA so significant
2: I think because UCLA was 16th in, in the playoff in, in the playoff rankings last week, okay. UCLA obviously is miles better than UAB. Um, right. us, the, the U, the, I think USC's offense is man, that is they are fun to watch, and what's so is UCLA. I'm not sure I've ever seen a team put a guy in motion and then have them stop behind the quarterback and then push the quarterback forward on a sneak. Um, yeah. So you got to give. Uh, Brian, uh, chip kelly rather credit for being innovative but i know I mean, maybe i'm wrong maybe it's going to be lsu five and usc six i think that usc got a lot of uh forward momentum from that win last week and i mm-hmm. expect them to be fifth tonight
1: okay uh, mike hugan on three.com in waco texas tcu's miracle season uh kind of went from the absurd to the sublime they boxed a two-point conversion they nearly ran the clock out with that. Eh, maybe a curious run call. And then then they look like the most disciplined, well-coached yes. team in the history of football with that special-team scramble drill for the game-winning field goal.
2: Yeah, and I think that's the one thing. you know. TCU, I think it's six times, or maybe it's seven. It's either six or 11 times this year they've rallied for a win. And that team does not get phased. They missed an extra point, which put them behind the eight ball because they had to go for two and then they're running on the field at the end of the game to attempt the, the game-winning field goal without a timeout. And, I, you know, um, Dyke said we wanted to get the ball in the, more in the middle of the field, and they did that. But, yeah, I think if you're a TCU fan, your heart was in your throat. But it did look like, okay, we're in a scramble drill, but they, they looked extremely prepared. They and I know did. teams practice that kind of thing. But, man, I, I wonder even if in practice it goes as well as it did for TCU. But, I, you know, you and I have talked about this before over the years. Teams that have confidence, that are playing with confidence, make big plays when they're needed. And TCU does that on a weekly basis. You know, you look at Max Duggan's stats, they're impressive, but they're not outlandish. But Duggan makes winning plays, especially when they're needed. Um, TCU's defense got pushed around for part of that game. They also bowed up when they needed to. Um, it's just a team that's that, that's another team I think that's it's they're entertaining because on a weekly basis you're like my God these guys are going to lose and then oh no they no they're not they're fine. Um, but again I think you know you as a former athlete can speak to this better than me. But when you when you are confident and think you're going to win, you make plays that other teams can't make.
1: Yeah, you, you prepare, you try your best, and sometimes it's just not there. Ask the Tennessee volunteer yeah. how does how does that happen and where has Spencer Rattler been?
2: Yeah, the week before South Carolina had zero offensive touchdowns against Florida. Then they turn around and score nine on a team that was in the college football playoff hunt. Um, this looked like Rattler from twenty twenty. Um, he did not ever look this good last year, and he had been, you know, to get serious, he had been horrible most, most of this season for the Gamecocks. He came in with eight touchdowns and nine picks, and he threw six touchdown passes. Um, you know, Tennessee was missing a couple starters on defense, big deal. Um, they looked, it's almost as if, you know, given the fact that it was a night game and given the fact that teams had struggled all day, um, you think Tennessee would have been a little bit more on point. But they came out sort of lackadaisical, and, man, it cost them. They did cut the lead to a touchdown in, a sec- in the third period, but then Soclano just turned the ignition back on and-, and blew them away. But, I mean, you're right. That South Carolina offense had been pitiful yeah. for much of the season. There was a lot of talk that the Soclano offensive coordinator, Marcus Satterfield, was going to get fired. I still think he might. Um, because, yeah, well, that one game, they certainly were impressive, but there's also ten others in which they were not. Um, that is one of the more mystifying results of the entire season, if if that's not, it probably is the most mystifying, if it's not number one, it's number two.
1: It, it's got to be in poor Hendon Hooker done for the year. Yeah, um, that,
2: you feel bad, and it, it was a non-contact injury, he planted, yeah. uh, and went down, and for, I, I've torn the ACL on both my knees, um, but yeah, mm. it's he, you know, I, I saw people while he's walking off the field, it's not a torn ACL. I'm thinking uh, that has nothing to do with it. Um, you feel bad for him. Um, he played in an extremely high-level offseason. Um, he was the main reason the Vols were where they were ranked fifth. Um, he's a great kid. Uh, he put up with a lot of garbage at Virginia Tech um, and then re- He was reborn, in a way, under Josh Heupel. But you do feel bad for him because I I think he would have gone to New York as a Heisman finalist, and I don't think he's going now, which is unfortunate.
1: Who is the Heisman favorite now?
2: Oh, I think it's unquestionably Caleb Williams. Um, He's put up big numbers every week. Uh, Part of the problem with him is, you know, USC plays a lot of night games. A lot of folks on the East Coast don't watch him play. But then you you saw him play last week, and he was making throws that – there was one throw where he's moving to his right and he throws back across his body, and it was uh, I think the it was on Fox. I think it was Brock Hewart who played quarterback and played in the NFL. He's like you're not supposed to be able to make that pass. That's impossible. And not only did he make it, you know, it was a frozen rope right on the button. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's extremely mobile.
1: Is he? Um, is he Pat Mahomes? Like right?
2: not afraid to run. Um, and. <laughs> He plays with a lot of swagger, and you know if your quarterback plays with swagger and is not a punk about it, teams, Mm -hmm. your teammates rally around you. I think that's the case. Plus, I love watching the guy play. He has a he has a mouthpiece, but it's like it's never in his mouth. Instead, he's like chewing on it while he's making plays, and that to me is like that's pretty cool. But um, he he obviously is well versed in Lincoln Riley's offense. Riley trusts him at key moments. Uh, he makes players around him better, and that's mm-hmm. what a winning quarterback does. And you know, C.J. Stroud's getting a lot of love. C.J. Stroud's thrown four touchdown passes in the last three games. Um, and you look at the schedule that Ohio State's played. The Big Ten is not good. Right. Ohio State and Michigan are it. Yep. Um And I, I, I'll be honest. I'm not. I don't have C.J. Stroud in my top three, and I'm a voter.
1: Caleb Williams is kind of. Pat Mahomes is just, yes. In some
2: respects, he's not as outlandish, but he's also twenty years old, Mm -hmm. Um, and you know he people forget he's he's in his second year of college. He never redshirted his high. He went to high school in Washington D.C. He did not play his senior year of high school because D.C. canceled all their games because of COVID. So he's played two years of football in the last three seasons. He's still developing. And as he gets stronger and bulkier, you're right. I mean, you watch him on Saturdays, and he's making throws that no other college quarterback can make. And you're like, yeah, what's this guy going to be like in three or four years? The, the, the negative, obviously, is he's going to go high in the draft, which means he's going to go to a bad team.
1: All right, Mike Hugan and On3.com. As he said, believe it or not, the final week of the college football season is here. Uh, we had some rivalries played last week. But this Thanksgiving weekend is full of so many more. The Egg Bowl on Thursday. We got a lot of rivalry games to talk about. We will do that when we return here on the Jordy Helper Show.
0: Helpful tip for a tremendous Thanksgiving number one. Don't drop a fully frozen turkey into the deep fryer. So please do us all a favor and don't blow up your house this Thanksgiving. This helpful tip brought to you by your family at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Uh
1: All right, welcome back. It's a final now at the Cayman Islands Classic, LSU 73, Akron 58. Adam Miller led the way with 23, K.J. Williams with 19, Justice Hill had a total of 14. LSU limited Akron to 26% shooting from the field, 32% from the land of three. LSU got out-rebounded 36-1, to 1, including a 19-8 to 8 disadvantage. On the offensive boards. But Matt McMahon's club now 5-0. and We continue hump day with Hugen and Michael Hugen. It's rivalry week. So let's not waste any time. It starts off with the hated Thursday night. Egg Bowl. Mississippi State at Ole Miss. The Rebels are three-point home favorites. Mike, what do you think?
2: Ole Miss last week. Um, they looked disinterested in the first half against Arkansas. I mean, they ran for 450 and lost by 15 points yep. because they did not show up in the first half. I think that's a direct uh, reflection of all the rumors swirling about Lane Kiffen. Um, the Mississippi State offense can be problematic if you're not a disciplined defense. But I, I, I can't, if Mississippi shows up and wants to play, they're, they're going to run all over Mississippi State. So I think Ole Miss wins, and I'd be extremely mm-hmm. tempted to lay the points because, again, I think if Ole Miss cares, Gonna, and I assume they will because it's the Egg Bowl, uh, I right. think they're going to win by double digits, frankly.
1: Arizona State at Arizona on Friday. The Wildcats and the Sun Devils meet for the 96th time in a series that began in 1899, 13 years before Arizona achieved
2: statehood. Statehood, yeah. They, they Crazy. They the Territorial Cup. Yes. Um, I, I think Arizona State just wants to get this season over with. It, it's been very tumultuous, frankly, for the last two seasons. Um, Arizona made tremendous strides this year. That offense, they can throw the ball around. They still need more talent on defense. But I think Arizona finishes uh, the season with a win over its hated rival.
1: It used to be for real national implications, case in point, uh, 1996, when The number one team in the country was Florida. The number two team in the country was Florida State. Florida State won that game 24-21. Florida would go on to win the national championship. This one is in Tallahassee. The Seminoles are playing really good. They're number 16 in the AP poll. Florida is not ranked. Who do you like?
2: Yeah, this rivalry has fallen a long, long way. The fact that it's on Friday night, I I think, is a a perfect example of that. I don't think either school is too psyched about that. But, yeah, I mean, Florida, the week before, blows out South Carolina and then turns around and loses to Vanderbilt. Wow. Um, This this is the only thing that Florida has been consistent this season is being inconsistent. So uh, FSU has run for – 200 yards in six consecutive games. That's the first time FSU's done that since 1995. That's when Warwick Dunn was uh, running wild for the Seminoles. I I think Florida State wins this game. Um, And the question for Florida is, is this Anthony Richardson's last game? Does he go pro or does he transfer out? I don't think Richardson's coming back next year.
1: Okay, wow, gotcha. Um, All right, let's go. They first played in 1894. This will be year number 112 for the two charter members of the ACC separated by all of 25 miles North Carolina state at North Carolina you talk about basketball yes uh, what what about football tomorrow on yeah, Saturday? It, it, Friday
2: UNC coming off that yeah, it's a horrible loss to Georgia Tech the, the first time all season that the UNC offense was shut down and it was shut down by Georgia Tech Um, That was another, like, are you kidding me, result from last week. Um, NC State has really struggled since Devin Leary went down. He's a a legitimately good quarterback. Um, North Carolina has a legitimately great quarterback in Drake May. Um, The NC State defense is good, but I think Drake May um, has enough, and I think North Carolina wins this game. And as bad as North Carolina's defense is, I'm not sure NC State can take advantage. Um, that is a extremely pedestrian offense. Uh so I think North Carolina wins.
1: Suge Jordan dubbed it the Iron Bowl back in nineteen sixty four. I didn't know there was a four decade hiatus between nineteen oh seven and nineteen forty eight between Auburn and Alabama, but boy, they've had some incredible moments. Um, Alabama should roll. It's in Tuscaloosa, you know, but right. But you, you never know in these games.
2: Yeah, this is to me the, the nastiest rivalry. Um, Ohio State Michigan is a lot more important this year, obviously, and it's nasty too. But Auburn Alabama, they're, they're, you know, there's, there's nothing else. There's no pro teams. Um, you grow up a Tide fan. You grow up a Tiger fan. You, you know, you don't cheer for both. There is no gray area there. Uh, and, yeah, I think Alabama should win this game by double digits. Auburn is not good. No. Um, you know, it's Robbie Ashford versus Bryce Young. And I think that's all you need to say. And if if the Alabama defense lets Robbie Ashford run all over them, uh, my prediction is that Pete Golding is locked out of the coach's locker room after the game and mm-hmm. never is seen again.
1: Mike Cuban on 3.com on a on a serious note um compliments to Virginia Tech um they agreed to not play the last game of the regular season against Virginia after the tragedy that took place uh just a short few days ago so that rivalry will have to uh renew next year um the civil war it's no longer the civil war right it's um the much lesser known platypus trophy <laughs>
2: between Oregon and Oregon State. What? Oregon-Oregon, that's another rivalry that's a little bit nastier than people think. But I would also argue that, like the Apple Cup, it's much bigger to one team than it is the other. Oregon State hates Oregon more than Oregon hates Oregon State. And the same thing with Washington and Washington State. Oregon-Washington is the the nastiest rivalry in the Pacific Northwest. Oregon still has a shot at the Pac-12 title game. Um, Oregon State is good they're extremely well coached they play good defense they don't make mistakes they're, they don't have a sexy offense they have a stud running back a true freshman named Damian Martinez who's really good um and, and Oregon, you know Bo Nix you got to give that kid credit last week if you watched you actually felt bad for the guy because he's he's limping around he's obviously not 100% healthy but he gutted it out and he had a gigantic They had a third-and-one, and and he ran the ball for the first time all game and got the first down. And he gets up, and he's like hobbling. You're like, man, nice job, Bo Nix. And Bo Nix, to me, has had a Heisman-worthy kind of season. I think he'll be a finalist. And I think if he's close to being 100%, I think Oregon State's defense is going to have a lot of problems with Oregon's offense. Um, And I don't think Oregon State has enough big play potential to beat Oregon, so I think the Ducks beat the Beavers.
1: He is Mike Hugan and On3.com. They originally started playing for the Slab of Bacon trophy. That
2: should be it. It's still. the that's longest
1: awesome. uninterrupted rivalry in the FBS. The Golden Gophers of Minnesota uh, against the Badgers of Wisconsin in Wisconsin. Now they play for the Paul Bunyan Axe. Who do you like?
2: Yeah, that's not bad either. I mean, you go from a slab of bacon to a gigantic yes. axe. Yes. So the, the, those schools know how to do rivalry. And last week you had Minnesota. Iowa for Floyd of Rosedale, a bronze pig. I mean, those those are cool rivalry trophies. Um, not to make fun of LSU, who cares about the boot? Let's get serious here. That's right. So, That's right. Um, Minnesota, if you guys have not seen, you've seen Muhammad Ibrahim play. They, yeah. phenomenal running back. One man offense. Yes. Um, Wisconsin is not very good offensively. Um, if you know, if you put. If you put all of Wisconsin's best offensive players and all of Iowa's best offensive players on one team, you might have an offense that can score 21. Um, this will be a very Big Ten, 1970s kind of game. I think Minnesota wins because Ibrahim is a stud, and I don't think Wisconsin can stop him.
1: It was 2009 when these two teams last met with winning records. Um it was 2003 when both of these schools last met, uh, with both of them going to a bowl. This is the Sunflower Showdown. Should be a really good one, right?
2: Kansas? Yeah, Kansas State, Kansas obviously, State. they win. They're in the Big 12 championship game. So if you're Kansas, you started 6-0, and you've lost five in a row, you're still playing relatively good football, but if you can ruin Kansas State's season, that's a lot to play for. So, But Kansas State... um, that's another team that, that you know they're they're boring to watch. Um, it's like a Bill Snyder team. They don't beat themselves. They play conservative football. Deuce Fawns a stud running back. They're throwing the ball better this year. Now that they, the irony is, they're throwing the ball now that Adrian Martinez is hurt with the backup quarterback. But um, K State plays good defense. Uh, a ton of transfers on defense. Uh, I think K State wins and plays TCU in a rematch in the Big Twelve Championship game. Again, but if you're Kansas, yes, you've you're going to a bowl, you know that, and as good as this season has been, it will be even more memorable though, if you can ruin Kansas State season. So there's a lot to play for, for both sides.
1: Mike Hugan and on three We continue with Rivalry Weekend. A Jewel shillelagh goes to the winner of this one with uh, they've been playing now for what, ninety two times? The Fighting Irish of Notre Dame have won four straight. Every LSU fan, every other team in the country is pulling for the Irish to beat USC in Los Angeles. Yeah, I think think
2: that USC's offense is too much for for Notre Dame's defense. Now, the one saving grace for the Irish in this game, their offense has been extremely inconsistent. USC defense is not good. Um, The only thing they're good at, and they're phenomenal at it, forcing turnovers. Their turnover margin, I believe, is plus 20. That's mind-blowing numbers. Um, they don't turn it over themselves, plus they force a ton. Um, I, I don't see Notre Dame secondary keeping up with USC's receivers, though I do think that Notre Dame can do some damage uh, against the SC defense, but I, I think USC wins. And you're right, I mean, this game, you, I think this is the most played rival or USC even more than UCLA. I think that's the case. It's maybe one or two game difference. But this used to be the intersectional game of the year. Um, Lost a lot of luster the last 20 years because they've never been good at the same time. Um, Maybe that's going to start being the case again. This is a good Notre Dame team, but I think this is an excellent USC team.
1: The last time these two teams met, both undefeated it was 2006 ohio state beat michigan in that one 42 to 39 this is the 117th meeting it's in columbus it looks like ohio state's been running the ball more than ever it gets cold this time of the year it's a very physical game the team that can run the ball the best usually wins it who wins this one
2: i think ohio state and you know blake quorum Left last week's game, I think he only had one or two carries in the second half. I don't think he's gonna be a hundred percent. Um an interesting thing about Ohio State Ohio State was down to its third string running back last week and the dude runs for a hundred plus. Yeah. That is an extremely deep running back room. Uh Henderson is not hundred percent healthy, but he's expected to play. Mayan Williams isn't 100% healthy, but he's expected to play. And then you got the, the, the freshman, Dallin Hayden, who ran for 100-plus last week. Plus, you got C.J. Stroud. Uh, Michigan's passing attack isn't in the same stratosphere yeah. as Ohio State's. Um, the game is in Columbus. There's revenge on Ohio State's mind. I think the mm-hmm. one thing to watch, I think Ohio State wins. What's the margin of victory? If this right. is like 42-21, I think Michigan's playoff hopes may disappear. Uh, if it's like 24-21 or 31-27, I think Michigan remains in play for a playoff even if they lose. So the, the margin of victory is something to watch in this game when it, as, it, as it pertains to the college football playoff.
1: Very important. You said revenge. Michigan snapped an eight-game losing streak last year. Um they had met for 102 consecutive years before the uh, COVID uh, virus attacked in 2020, and the Big Ten just, just said, no more. We're not playing. So, anyway, um, it's not a rivalry, um, but I know Texas A&M wants to beat LSU really, really badly. Too much at stake for LSU. they got to win this thing. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I don't think it's, a three-loss LSU team even wins the SEC is not going to the playoff, I don't think. Right. Um, right. Texas A&M is bad. They're bad. So... Um, you know, LSU last year had no business beating AM and they did. Um, I think AM's going to have tons of problems with Jaden Daniels. Uh-huh. Um, I think they're going to have a problem stopping the LSU receivers. Um, and if you're, you know, LSU's defense isn't elite, it doesn't have to be to stop Texas A&M. Again, a yeah. ms offense is just, it's bad. I think the one aspect of this game that's interesting is how soon afterward is it announced that Jimbo Fisher is going to make staff changes? Does that mm-hmm. come on Sunday or next Monday, or does it wait a while? Because there's, there's no way he can bring back the same staff, especially the same offensive staff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, right. yeah, I think, I think LSU wins this game. I think they win it by double digits, and I think they send Texas A&M into an, a, a vital offseason. This has been, I would argue, the nation's biggest disappointment. And I cannot fathom Jimbo Fisher not making a lot no. of staff changes. Frankly,
1: yeah, he's he's going to have to do that and do that quickly. Does does uh, how soon does Auburn name a new head coach?
2: Well, you know it's it's interesting because um, you know that that TV guy in Mississippi last night said, "Well, it's imminent." That Lane Kiffin and then Kiffin came back and said, "I'm not going anywhere." I I think everybody assumes that Kiffin is going to Auburn. Um, and the fact that Ole Miss's season ends Thursday means that if it's Kiffin, it could be announced as soon as Friday. Now, do the, will that, if, if he's the guy, will they do it that quickly? Will they wait? Um, but I think if you're Auburn, um, you cannot wait much longer, given the importance of the transfer portal. Forget the recruiting class. It, I think it's too late to salvage a, a, a legitimately high-ranking class. But you need a coach in place for the portal. And the portal opens December fifth, so presumably you you want your coach in play in in place yeah. at least five or six days before the portal opens.
1: Is Auburn that much better of a job than Ole Miss?
2: I think it is from an NIL standpoint. Yeah, I think Auburn's got more money. That's what you know. That's what supposedly yeah. what led John Cohen to leave Mississippi State for Auburn. Um, as dysfunctional as the Auburn fan base is, I mean, a lot of SEC fan bases are messed up, but. Good Lord, Auburn is in a, you know, I mentioned a different stratosphere. They're, they're, in a, they're in a different universe yeah. than anybody else. So, And whoever they hire, there's going to be a faction of Auburn fans that are going to be missed. And I can't right. say the word I want to say because I'll, <laughs> you'll have to bleep me. But, again, I think I said before, they could hire Nick Saban and you'd have a segment of Auburn fans going, what are we doing hiring a guy from Alabama? So no matter who they hire, there's going to be a faction that's upset but,
1: yeah, I agree with you. They need to do this quickly, man. Michael Huganin on 3.com. Cannot thank you enough, man. Happy, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. We'll talk about what kind of chances you give LSU and Jaden Daniels against georgia in the sec
2: championship game next week no problem we'll i always appreciate being on and uh, you guys have a good thanksgiving appreciate it
1: you're the best mike hugan on three.com we'll take a quick time out we'll come
0: back with more
1: as we wrap up our number one here on the geordie Show.
0: helpful tip for a tremendous thanksgiving number 22 bringing canned cranberry sauce to the family feast is not acceptable so leave the canned purple stuff on the shelf. This helpful tip brought to you by your family at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Uh, the game wants to stuff your stocking with a $500 Visa gift card. It's the Christmas comes early sweepstakes presented by Armentar Jewelers. Simply enter in the game rewards club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to score a $500 Visa gift card. It's that easy. It's the Christmas comes early sweepstakes powered by Armentor Jewelers and the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. If you can please pardon me as, as I as I take this moment to brag on my daughter, I, I must. In a win yesterday um, over Chappelle, uh, I call her a stat sheet stuffer. My daughter, Catherine, point guard with 12 points, 12 rebounds, six assists, two steals, and two blocks. As soon as this show is over, I'm racing to her and playing in the championship game of this tournament against Newman. My little point guard, proud of her. Yes, indeed. All right, coming up, hour number two. um, He returns for the first time in two and a half years and ooh, what kind of reception he will get. And all the Saints talk with Bob Rose. This is the Jordy Helpert Show, hour number two, straight ahead.
0: Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open
3: for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown.
0: It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg.
1: Our number two of two, and away we go. Last night, the um, LSU, uh, excuse me, the New Orleans uh, Pelicans took care of business against a depleted Golden State Warrior team by the final score of 128 to 83. It wasn't even, wasn't even close wasn't even close today. LSU basketball out there at the Cayman Islands took care of business today against Toledo and um, won their fifth straight game of the season, defeating Akron seventy-three to fifty-eight. Adam Miller leading the way in the semifinal game um, with twenty-three points. So, Tigers getting their business done and done the right way. Um, they will play again Wednesday um, at 6.30 our time against either Nevada or Kansas State in the finals. So there you go. And speaking of the NBA, he um, it's been 886 days since former LSU Tiger Ben Simmons played in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference semifinals for the Philadelphia 76ers. Tonight, he returns to the Wells Fargo Center as a Brooklyn net. He's actually been playing well of late. The nets are back together with Durant and Irving and now Simmons. They're playing pretty well. Oh, he is going to get just (laughs) raked over the coals by the Philly fans. Oh, he's going to be raked over the coals. Jeez, Luis, it's going to be brutal. We'll see how he handles it. Uh, last night, Monday Night Football, the 49ers beat the Cardinals 38-10. to 10. Garoppolo threw for four touchdown passes. Um, Niners ran for 159 yards. Um, Garoppolo threw for 228 yards. And the, the the 49ers just stifled Arizona's run game. They had 24 carries for a total of 67 yards. 49ers, pretty darn good. And I brought that up because the New Orleans Saints will travel to the Bay Area uh, this Sunday to take on the San Francisco 49ers. So it's going to be a very, very difficult task for, for the Saints. But we will talk with Bob Rose about that and much, much more coming your way here in just a few minutes. Um, Jay Johnson of LSU Baseball Lore um, had a press conference yesterday uh, that they put a bow on fall practice. He is, um, (laughs) from every report I get, and I I talk to some people that are out there every day that know baseball, um, former players, This LSU baseball team is loaded, loaded. I'm telling you, loaded. They got a a rising star as a freshman uh, that's going to pitch for them by the name of Chase Shores, six-foot-eight right-hander. As um, Coach Johnson said, easily the most ready to make an immediate impact. The most ready. Gee whiz. Um, They've got another freshman, Aiden Moffat, who Sunday in the Purple and Gold World Series struck out five in two innings. His fastball hits just a mere 98, 98. Jeez, jeez, Louise, 98. Um, So they're loaded, Um, should be. All, just a, a tremendous tremendous baseball season if of course they all stay they all stay healthy right they all stay healthy um so there you go on that one um soccer taking place they call it the um most the biggest upset in World Cup history um just uh Argentina gets beat. Lionel Messi gets beat by Saudi Arabia. Um, That's, you know, that's kind of crazy, right? Kind of crazy. But it is what it is. The USA um, still trying to figure out a way to to get some things done. They had a 1-1 tie against uh, Wales. So there you go. Uh, Lionel Messi says no excuses. It is what it is. So there you go. More and more things happening for the city of Las Vegas. For the first time, the Final Four is headed to Sin City, where wagering on the NCAA tournament has long, long been a staple. How many friends do you know? I've got friends that make a special trip to go to Vegas just for the first weekend of March Madness. Well, the uh, NCAA awarded the men's national semifinals and championship game to Allegiant Stadium for the 2027-28 season. There you go. How about that? They also announced today that Ford Field in Detroit would host the Final 4 in 2027, Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis would get the 2029 event, and uh Dallas AT&T Stadium would get the 2030 event. So, um there you there you have it. Um this season the championship will be decided at NRG Stadium in Houston, um, followed by Phoenix, San Antonio, and Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. So they used to stay away from from Vegas, but not not anymore. So there you go. Um, good for them. It, it should be should be very interesting to say the very least. I still think it's. Um, It's great to have it in New Orleans. I think because of the proximity of hotels and all the fun things to do, um, that that would be a fun place to have it, uh, without question, without doubt. Um, If you missed our number one board, we had a great conversation with Mike Huganen of uh, On3.com. He thinks when the the college football playoff committee poll comes out tonight that uh, LSU will remain at number six and USC will leapfrog them at number five up to number five with only one loss in their win over ucla that trump's lsu's win over uab we'll see we'll see it doesn't matter if lsu knows what they have to do whether they're sixth or seventh whatever they got to beat texas a&m on saturday then they've got to beat georgia in the sec championship game that that's, that's all they can do it's all they can do so Uh, We shall see about that one. Um, Again, Bob Rose, St. Stu's Network will be be joining us here shortly. Don't forget Thanksgiving. That's NFL football and college football. But tune in Thanksgiving to the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles for a not one, not two, but triple header of NFL action, which means we all have the day off. It all starts with the Bills at the Lions at 1130. Followed by the Giants at the Cowboys. That's going to be a slaughter. Giants at the Cowboys at 3.30. And then the Patriots at the Vikings at 7.20. Bills-Lions is interesting. Interesting. But I'm taking the Bills, give me the Cowboys, and give me the Vikings to bounce back against the Patriots. Patriots just don't have enough offense. That's NFL Thanksgiving action right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. So... With that in mind, let's take a uh, quick time out here. When we do come back, Bob Rose, Saints News Network with the Black and Gold Report here on the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the SEC championship bound LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros in Southwest
0: Louisiana. It's time for Jordy to march into some New Orleans Saints talk with Saints News Network's Bob Rose. Here is the Black and Gold Report with Bob Rose. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles,
4: Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Hello, Mr. Rose. How are you, sir?
4: Good afternoon, my friend. I am good. Happy early Thanksgiving to you and your family and everybody at the news crew there.
1: Thank you so much. Um... All right, let's uh let's kind of break this thing down a little bit. Uh boy, two teams were there that were struggling, two teams that needed a win, and the Saints somehow figured out a win thanks to a fourteen zip third quarter to beat the Rams twenty seven to twenty. What was your biggest takeaway from that one?
4: Uh I was most impressed by by the next men up. Uh, yeah, the, the okay. same, both, both teams came into the, this game battered uh, yeah, battered and struggling with injuries. Uh, but, yeah, Cade and Ellis especially is absolutely oh, yeah. balling really? out. Yes. Uh, and, you yeah, you look at, I, I thought, Carl Granderson and Tano Passigno played you know, really good games. Peyton Turner looked strong before he went down with what looked like a scary ankle injury. And, yeah, even the offensive line with three new starters, three backups – Uh, did they have trouble containing the Rams pass rush? Yeah. Uh, but they gave Andy Dalton just enough protection and they opened up just enough running lanes for the offense to keep the chains moving. And that's, that's all they needed to do that day.
1: And here we go. uh, Saints fans were going, okay, it's time for Jameis Winston. It's time for Jameis. And Andy Dalton goes 21 of 25, 260 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, an 84.7 QBR. (laughs) Dalton
4: ain't going anywhere. No, no, heck no, he's not. Uh, and, and we're all hearing so many conflicting reports. It's hard to judge how healthy Jameis Winston is. Uh-huh. Is he? He's not even close to one hundred percent. Why don't uh, they no. let him? Why don't they let him talk and explain things? I would love to know that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's any reason for you know, for the for the subterfuge uh, that's coming out of you know, the New Orleans Saints organization. Uh, you know, it, it, let Jameis talk instead of dropping these little sound bites and little tidbits. Uh, you know, to, yeah, it gives us something to write about at the media and something to speculate over. Uh, but it's got to be very frustrating for the you know, for the New Orleans Saints fans. Jameis is obviously very frustrated. I mean, he, uh, he, he's such a competitor. He wants to be out there with his teammates. Uh, yeah, if it's truly performance based, then OK, Dennis Allen, come out and say that. Uh, yeah. If Andy Dalton is your guy, whether we agree with you or disagree with you, it doesn't matter. You're the head coach. Come mm-hmm. out and say that. Say Just say something.
1: Right. I'm with you. Bob Rose, St. Stu's Network. Um, I love the the. It's not a revolving door, but, it, you know, Walt uh, Dalton's there. And then all of a sudden here comes Taysom Hill uh, and they kind of rotate him a little bit. I thought that was uh, I think that's the way of the future, at least the future this year.
4: Yeah, and you know when you have a weapon like Taysom Hill, you have to use him in as many creative ways as possible, uh, and I think we've seen limitate yeah you know, we all knew Andy Dalton had limitations at 34 now 35 years old uh yeah you know, we have seen those limitations play themselves out over the previous you know, two three weeks uh you know and the Saints offense is not going to succeed with him dropping back and throwing the ball in a traditional 30 to 35 times a game um and you uh, how many times have I said it uh you know e- even on your show football 101 is let your best players make plays. Taysom yeah. Hill is one of your best players. You yeah. find ways to get him involved. Um, yeah, it, it, he's he's never going to be a starting quarterback, yeah. but he has some throwing ability. You keep defenses on their toes that way. You put him and Kamara in the backfield. Uh, you know, you rotate Dalton in and out with Taysom. Maybe give Dalton a play or two uh, You know, on the sidelines, you know, clear his head, get together with offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael and, you know, uh, and, and say, yeah, and I know they have speakers in the, you know, and microphones in their, in their helmet, but mm-hmm. it's a little bit easier when you're sitting here talking face-to-face. Uh, you know, you let me know what you want to do the next two or three plays. Uh, you know, Kind of a mini script that way. I thought it was you know, ingenious the way they ran it.
1: And I'm not being uh, Debbie Downer or Mr. Negative here, but if you if you're right and I agree with you, let your best players play. Let them get them the ball. Shouldn't the Saints be targeting Chris Olave more than six times in a game? I mean, the guy catches everything. Um, he's your go-to receiver. Let's start throwing up, feeding him like they used to feed Michael Thomas uh, back in the day
4: yeah yeah uh and yeah. I, I agree with that it's certainly to a certain point uh you know Alave is undoubtedly your best pass target uh, really your best offensive threat uh you know outside of a guy, you know some guy named camaro yeah. uh, but Andy has been a little bit careless, had been a little bit careless with the ball over the last three or four weeks. So, yeah, with a receiver, it's a little bit trickier because, you know, coverages can you know, it can sort of dictate where you go and where you don't go with the ball. Is Chris Olave on the level of a Michael Thomas, a Devontae Adams, a Cooper Cup, where you can force feed him, a Jamar Chase, you know, Justin Jefferson, where you could force feed him? Double, triple coverage. No matter who's you know, who's on him, I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and even if he was, I am not sure. Andy Dalton is the guy that I want force feeding that ball to. I so gotcha. while I agree with you to a certain point, uh, you also have to get other guys involved uh, and maybe hopefully attract some of that coverage away from Alave, so that way he is uh, yeah, he's most. Often going to be used in the most critical of situations.
1: Here's Bob Rose of the Saints News Network. That win over the uh, Rams was the Saints' 400th regular season win since its formation in 1967. You know how they won it? They won with a they had a pretty solid game plan, and they didn't turn the ball over. Bob. Yep. They protected the football. That's the recipe.
4: Absolutely, and they only had two penalties in the game, and I think both of those were on special teams. Uh, when when you're limited, uh, you know, whether it's offensive or defensive, you are absolutely right. I mean, you know, the Saints, I don't think, have the talent to overcome multiple turnovers uh, or 8, 10, 12 penalties in a game. And heck, I know they don't because we, we haven't seen them be successful uh, you know, in, in that scenario. So yeah, as long as this team is careful – but not overly cautious going forward. I think they have a chance to string together a couple of wins down the stretch.
1: All starts with the San Francisco 49ers coming up. We'll delve into that. uh, Just, uh, just a little bit down the road here. Um, More injuries. I I don't know who's going to be available. I don't know, you know, who, who's going to be able to, who's not going to be able to play. Um, you, you had Peyton Turner suffered a sprained ankle in the wind. So he's he's day-to-day. I mean, you, you talk about that training room's got to be packed.
4: My God, yeah. Uh, and yeah, it, we, we kept hearing from the telecast that cam jordan was joking saying that dennis allen would have to hide his shoulder pads and can't there's no bigger competitor on the face of this earth than cam jordan so i believe that if he can go out there and play on sunday he absolutely will uh but we don't again we don't know the severity of that eye injury uh and as important as this game is you don't want to jeopardize a person's long-term health uh yeah and what about davenport davenport was a late scratch before the Steeler game uh yeah and it made a lot of us think. Oh, okay, he'll be ready for the Rams. Yeah, uh, you know, and he was declared out Thursday, Friday. Uh, you know, is he going to return to practice? Yeah, uh, you know, the it, it was funny. You know, hearing the Saints say, you know, the Peyton Turner was day to day with that scary looking ang- ankle injury, and I kind of joked uh, in our in our staff meeting, uh, and I said, well, yeah, you know, the Saints' version of day to day is he'll miss five to seven games. Um,
1: True. Yes.
4: (laughs) So we'll see how that transpires. We know Pete Warner isn't going to be available. We know Eric McCoy isn't going to be available. Marshawn Lattimore probably isn't going to be available. So again, it's going to be a matter of next men up. Can you do your job? Yeah, the offensive line, yeah, as much as a battered offensive line scared me against Aaron Donald, it might scare me even more against an entire San Francisco front four uh, that's as good as any you'll find in the National Football League. So, you yeah, that's where I'm going to be watching the injury report most yeah. closely, that and the defensive ends.
1: Bob Rose, Saints News Network. Um, Bill Parcells once said, don't ever let the opponent's best player beat you. Um, And that's what the Saints executed. Aaron Donald was basically number 99 was basically no, no sacks, only one quarterback hit uh, and only four tackles. And that's the best defensive lineman. People are saying that's ever played the game of football and the Saints neutralized him. So no turnovers. You don't let 99 disrupt the game. Thank you.
4: Yeah, and like you said, that, yeah, that, that that was the formula for victory. And if you look it back at Aaron Donald in the past against the Saints, New Orleans has more often than not contained him relatively well. And you know, I think the way the offensive line contained him on Sunday, yeah, granted, that freed up Leonard Floyd and Greg Gaines to make a few big plays, uh, but I'd rather take my chances against those guys than big old ninety nine so you know whatever the saints game plan was i hope they carry that over uh you know uh, against san francisco against nick bolsa uh, and eric armstead and that that destructive crew
1: all right let's uh we'll uh, take a quick time out here and we'll come back we'll talk about the 49ers we'll get bob rose's fearless best five in the league at this point in time remember it's it's always flowing week to week it's the nfl that's what this league is all about it every team has good players and you see what happens sometimes here and there. So um, we'll discuss that and all around the NFL when we return. The Black and Gold Report here on The Jordy Helpert Show on the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana.
0: You may debate which Thanksgiving side dish to serve this year. Green bean casserole or sweet potato casserole? Yummy! Classic stuffing or oyster dressing? Hashtag yummy. But there is no debate when it comes to who cooks up the very best sports talk. The Gate. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: We're back 30 minutes after the hour on this 22nd day of November. Part two of the Black and Gold Report with the Saints News Network's uh, star, Bob Rose. All right, Bob. 49ers took care of business against the Cardinals last night on Monday Night Football, 38 to 10. I, I, they got to be the best 6-4 team in football, don't they?
4: Uh, yeah, they might be the best team in football, Yeah, if you uh, if you they wipe have. away records right now, Jordy. I mean, this this team is humming on all cylinders right now. One three uh, in getting, a row.
1: They've yep. won three straight, yep.
4: Yep, they're getting efficient play from their quarterback. Uh, yeah, this is – everybody talks about the 49ers defense, and that is a terrific unit, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But this offense is really starting to, uh, to look like a scary unit. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk obviously debo samuel george kittle uh and a power of physical offensive line uh i mean there's other other than them being the 49ers and just naturally earning my hatred there's not much to dislike (laughs) about this team
1: they ran for a buck 59 they threw for 228 um they didn't turn the ball over uh that defense is stout and the saints are who they're heading into very dangerous territory what are they what what's the key to trying to get a win i mean you can't turn it over you got to protect your quarterback right and maybe you get a couple of turnovers on them uh yeah
4: yeah i mean it, it, obviously uh you know i all those uh you know if those boxes don't get checked off you lose uh you know the saints have to find a way to run the football and you know, that's going to be easier said than done the yeah. Rams, are the excuse me the 49ers have the uh, number one ranked rush defense in all of football uh but you need to keep that pass rush off of andy dalton uh and, and to do so you need to establish balance uh you know you it, it, the 49ers are a team that i think that you can throw on they play a lot of off coverage uh they're an excellent tackling team so they'll keep extra yardage to a minimum uh but yeah, you know, if if you can win on first and second down, uh, you know, and leave yourself in third and manageable, uh, you know, that's where I think you could start completing passes in front of those 49er defensive backs. Uh, uh, and maybe a guy like Alvin Kamara, Chris Alave, Jawan Johnson, maybe they break a couple tackles, uh, you know, on, on, in key moments and, you know, get, get some extra yardage uh, or earn big plays uh, on defense. You have to pressure Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. You, you know, the 49ers passing attack is predicated on a lot of short, quick passes, get the ball in their playmakers hands, let them run with it. So, you know, and, and this defense, which has been so awful with tackling most of the year, uh, you know, they're going to have to revert to the form that we have previously seen 2017 through, you know, last season. Uh, you know, be, uh, the Saints, that is, be very physical bring the guy down as soon as he gets the football and for god's sake stop the run you cannot let the 49ers come at you with a balanced attack make garoppolo beat you from the pocket
1: all right bob rose saint stew's network we do it every week at this time here's his fearless five we start at five and work our way up to number one it's getting tougher and tougher teams are falling by the wayside um Man, even Detroit's won three in a row. Strike up the band, huh?
4: Okay, who's who's number five on Bob's list? Uh, well, first of all, I'll tell you, I, and I think this was my number one team last week, the Minnesota Vikings. They dropped out of my top five. Ooh. I'm sorry, you don't lose 40 to three and stay in no. Bob Rose's rankings, not for one week anyway. No. Um, Yeah, so at number five, another team that's taken a, a, a relatively significant drop is the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Yeah, I I thought Philly should have lost that game against Indianapolis. Yeah, they did everything possible to lose it. And uh, I'm impressed with the job Jeff Saturday is doing. But the Colts are not a good football team. Uh, Philly is reeling a little bit right now. I still think they're one of the top teams in the NFC. uh, But for this week, they dropped a little bit. All right. At number four. Uh, Miami Dolphins, and I think I had them dropping a little bit too. Uh, and it's not their fault. They were on a bye. Uh, yeah, but in the AFC, I think Miami is a legitimate contender for the crown, but a lot of these players are coming into unknown territory. Uh, you know, a playoff stretch leading their division at the moment. Can they continue to be as dynamic and explosive offensively and defensively as we've seen them? But Miami is my number four for this week seven
1: and three overall they've won four in a row coming off a bye all right at number three
4: uh san francisco 49ers and i've had them just outside my top five within the last couple of weeks but like you and i just said yeah this is a scary looking team right now they're a team that's clicking on all cylinders in every phase of the game uh and you know kyle shanahan he gets a lot of criticism for his team's blowing leads in big games, but I will say this for Kyle. His teams always play their best football in November, December, January, and yeah, that's where we are right now. These 49ers are a force to be reckoned with.
1: I got a feeling I know who's number two and who's number one. I think number two has a star on their helmet, but I might be wrong. Who is number two?
4: Uh, you uh, you are wrong, and Ooh. I It was tough for me to leave Dallas out of my top five. Uh, you know, uh, it was tough for me to knock Minnesota all the way out of my top five, but my number two team is the Buffalo Bills. Okay. Yeah, uh, you know, Buffalo looked like they awakened a little bit. They were facing a lot of adversity this past week, uh, you know, with the with the snowstorm. They hadn't yeah. played well in the previous few weeks. Uh, you know, and, and Buffalo came out and played a really physical football game against an underrated Cleveland Browns defense. So, you know, I I, I, I slid Buffalo back up a little bit. Uh, not forgetting getting about your Cowboys fans. I'm just interested to see if you could string it together for a couple weeks in a row.
1: Okay, then number one's got to be the team with the MVP. I think that's lock, stock, and barrel done. Number one is... Kansas
4: city chiefs yeah. for much of the reason that you mentioned. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is just playing unbelievable football. know, uh, yeah, He is one of the very, very few quarterbacks playing in the league right now. I think his game could translate to literally any era. Uh, you yeah, know, and, Don't look now, folks, but Kansas City is making some noise on defense. They're still giving up a lot of yards and some points, but they're making big plays and they're getting uh, penetration into opposing backfields. Uh, And when you play with a lead, like Kansas City often does because they come out of the gate so fast, that pass rush of the Chiefs is going to make some noise against your quarterback.
1: I'm looking at all these teams. I'm looking at the NFC East. How many teams? Uh, Philadelphia is nine and one. Dallas is seven and three. The Giants are seven and three. I think the Giants are going down. I think yes. the Commanders are going up. Could yes. we see three teams from the NFC East make the playoffs?
4: We absolutely could. Mm-hmm. Uh, you yeah, you you look at yeah, you look at the way the NFC North is playing out. Uh, yep. You might as well stick a fork in the rest of those teams. Yep. Uh, yeah. Other than Minnesota, who has right. such a big lead?
1: Same uh, in the intriguing. South, right?
4: What's that? Same in the South. Only yeah. one team. Yeah, whoever that is. Um, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I think the NFC West might give us you know, is some noise as far as a wild card participant. Uh, but those teams, they all play each other down the stretch. They might knock each other off. Uh, yeah, I don't think Arizona is a playoff team. I'm still waiting for Seattle to come down to earth, stick a fork in the Rams. Uh, but if I'm wrong about Seattle, uh, you know, you could be looking at Seattle and San Francisco coming out of the West there. Uh, but, yeah, I, I agree with you. Washington is playing some really, really good football, and they look like a playoff team right now.
1: Man, um, boy, the Chargers have dropped, the Raiders. Yeah, just um, – I love what Indianapolis is doing, but too little, too late. Tennessee going to win that division. Uh, the AFC North, um, Ravens have won four in a row. They're 7-3. and three. The Bengals have won two in a row. They're 6-4. and four. I think that's a battle to the finish.
3: Yeah, I do, too.
4: I do, too. Uh, Yeah, I I still, you know, Cincinnati was my AFC Super Bowl pick. I'm not backing off of them right now, even though I don't think I've had them in my top five with you all year. Uh, But the the Bengals just find a way to get it done in the clutch, and the Ravens look like an absolute juggernaut as long as they can run the football and stay healthy on defense. Uh, You know, AFC East, you're looking at, you know, that's another New York team, and the Jets, I think, are coming back down to earth. Uh, but Belichick is always counted on to be dangerous down the stretch of a year, and then you have Buffalo and Miami, who've been you know playing very good football all year long. Uh, that AFC, I know a lot of people want to hand the crown over to either Kansas City or Buffalo. Uh, that's a lot more wide open than people think.
1: The Jets six and four. They, you know <laughs> their defense is really really good. Their offense is really really bad, and their quarterback Zach Wilson. Um, what, what did you think of his combo when they said, do you feel like you let the defense down? No. Um, what do you think of that? And what, what would Robert Sa- what What should Robert Sala do as the coach of the jets?
4: If I'm Robert Sala, I sit Zach Wilson, uh, for, for a week. Uh, yeah. And I know yeah, is it, the national media. The story came out. I believe it was yesterday. Uh, that the Jets might make a change at quarterback. You know, listen, you you paid high draft capital to get this kid. You got to ride him and you know ride him and hope he rides out the wave. But the reason I sit Zach this coming week for at least the first half, uh, it's a it's a high school coach mentality. Uh, you know, you spouted your mouth off, you were out of line, you're not a team player. This is kind of your de facto punishment. Uh, you know, and, and you know, and, and I talk to to him if I'm Coach Sala. Uh, but outside of that. I let him sit down with the defensive leaders of my team for a few minutes and see how that one pans itself out. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I mean, you have to be more professional than that, Zach. Uh, yeah, You're, you're an yeah. NFL quarterback. You're counted on to be the leader of this team, and that's just not the way to conduct yourself.
1: Odell Beckham Jr. will end up with
4: the who? Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, boy. Yeah, I, boy, I, I, I see it coming. If it's not Dallas, uh, a dark horse, uh, a dark horse for me would be Kansas City. Uh, yeah, and yeah, that, that's scary thought, you know, Odell Beckham you know, uh, with uh, paired up with Patrick Mahomes. I just think the the star on the helmet, the mystique, the prestige of being a Dallas Cowboy when Dallas is in a playoff hunt like they are, I think that's going to be just too much for Odell Beckham to pass up. And we know Jerry Jones is going to throw a boatload of money at him. Golly,
1: either that or wouldn't it be fun to see him in <laughs> Miami with Tua and those guys? Sheesh. Who do you, who do you defend? He's gonna, he, but he's not gonna go there because he wants the ball. Um, right. I think it'd be interesting. Um, give me give me a Saints Forty Nine ers dream. What what do you think?
4: Dream is an outcome of the game. Yeah, yeah, come uh, on. Oh man, come I mean, on! Even should...
1: you, the biggest Saints fan in the world, doesn't think the Saints are gonna win this one.
4: You know what? I think they could. Uh, I I, I do if they play the type of game that they did last week and maybe get a few more explosive plays on defense, that's going to be the key this week. Uh, Yeah, but the 49ers, you know, for anybody as as seasoned. As you or I, I uh, don't have to remind you what a thorn in the side of the Saints <laughs> franchise that the yeah. 49ers have been. Uh, I just I, 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 and especially on the West Coast, an old candlestick park. This is an old candlestick park. Jimmy Garoppolo is no Joe Montana or Steve Young. But I think the 49ers are a legitimate Super Bowl threat at this stage mm-hmm. of the season. Yeah. I think the game will be closer than what people think. Uh, you know, and you know, it may be, may be trigger some you know some feelings that the Saints might be able to make a run at this thing if they get some outside help. But I think the 49ers are going to take it probably in the neighborhood of like 27 to 20.
1: Bob, happy Thanksgiving, buddy. Thank you so much for everything. We'll talk to you next week, man. Sounds Thank great.
4: You. Happy Thanksgiving, Jordy. All Thank right. you. We'll we'll take
1: a quick time out here. When we come back, we'll uh, put a nice little bow on this. The Jordy Helperk Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: Helpful tip for a tremendous Thanksgiving, number eight. At your dinner this year, make sure that the alcohol is locked away. Because you know how Uncle Carl gets. Uh, So keep the booze away from Carl. This helpful tip brought to you by your family at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: Lyle Lovett and his acoustic group are coming to the Hyman Performing Arts Center on Friday, February 24th. You don't want to miss this incredible night of live music. Tickets are currently on sale. You can get your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Once again, get your tickets today at Ticketmaster.com to see Lyle Lovett and his acoustic group at the Hyman Performing Arts Center. While we're talking about music, you know, you can listen to all your favorite Christmas classics or local Cajun Christmas songs on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. That's nonstop Christmas music 24-7 on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. You can listen live at LAChristmasChannel.com or download the free mobile app on both Apple and Android devices and listen on your Amazon Alexa. So listen to some holiday cheer with the Louisiana Christmas Channel. We've got sound of the day for you. Oh, what an opportunity it is for the Raging Cajuns. If they can go to Texas State and get a win, they are bowl eligible. It won't be easy. Texas State's defense has gotten much, much better. But head coach Mike Decimo understands the ramifications and its playoff mentality for the Cajuns.
3: For us, it's a playoff mentality approach. Um, you know, we're playing a Texas State team that the second half of the year has played really good football. Um, they've either won or been in every game in the f- or have been winning in every game in the fourth quarter. You know, since about the midway point, um, since after James Madison, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, you know, it, it's going to be one of those deals, man. It's going to be a Sun Belt West game. You got to prepare well you got to go out there and you got to go play. Well, have a chance to win, got to play team football. And, um, you know, we're going to work hard this week to make sure we go out there, go do that. And, uh, and get our kids another game.
1: What is the status coach of your quarterback, Ben Woolridge?
3: Ben's been great. Um, you know, I kind of shared this with, with some of you. I don't remember if it was in here or not, but you know, the day after he tore his, his ACL, he was up here, uh, the next morning, um, and came to see me in my office. And, uh, and told me, he's like, you know, Coach, I just, I still want to be a part of this season. I want to be a leader on this team. You know, I feel like, you know, I need to be a part of it. And, uh, you know, which obviously he is. I mean, you can see our team, the way they respond to him. So I said, well, yeah. And man, I was like, you know, take as much time as you need. You know, when you come back, you're certainly. He was the first one in meetings that afternoon, sitting in there. He had his notebook out, his pen on his, on his notebook, and he was taking notes in the meeting just like he's going to play. You know, if you want to know how much he means to us, typically you don't get to travel injured guys with you because you only get to bring so many. Um, we had multiple players on the team that asked me if Ben could travel with us to Florida State. Um, that's how much he means to the team. And, and certainly, I mean, we were already doing that. But, yeah, you know, I mean, he's uh, he's he's been – the guy's a natural leader. And um, our team responds to him. And, uh, you know, certainly we miss him. Um, not just the field, you know, stuff he does on the field, but you just miss his his presence a little bit. And uh, he was good for us in the game, you know, on the sideline with Chandler. He was great. You know, he's every time he's got the call sheet, he's going back on the sideline. He's sitting down with Chandler. Um, Coach Burge kind of sits with the running backs and the quarterbacks as we go through the series and talk about what we're seeing. And um, and he was he was really good for Chandler.
1: It says an awful lot about Ben Woolerich. The Cajuns are four and a half point favorites to get to win number six at Texas State. Meanwhile, LSU, we all know what's at stake. Uh, We all know uh, that they've got to take care of business against Texas A&M. Brian Kelly was asked, what is the significance? Nobody saw this coming, but the significance of if you win, of getting to 10 wins on the season.
5: No, I don't think they give you any ticket-take parades or anything that's uh, – but, you know, ten, 10 wins, you know, is certainly a benchmark, I think, in, in when people look back on seasons, you know. I think it does a lot in terms of um, solidify your, you know, your postseason opportunities. I think it puts you in a different category. Um, but I don't think you go into the season going, hey, we've got to get to 10. Uh, I think you go into the season thinking about, you know, winning the SEC West – Um, This is an important football game because we want to continue to get better as a football team as we go into uh, the SEC West Championship game. So it's important for us because each week for us is we're we're building something within our program. As I mentioned, the UAB game may not have been as important to other people outside the walls, but inside the walls, that was a huge game for us in terms of. You know, doing our job, you know the way the job needs to be done, when it needed to be done, and and that was really important for us. That was a, that was a big hurdle for us, and and this is another one. It's going on the road against a really talented team that has nothing to lose, and you have to play well because they will play up to you. So, I think we just think more terms of, ch-
1: more terms of challenges. It's ironic. A and M started off sixth ranked in the country in the preseason now toward the end of the season LSU as of right here right now is the sixth ranked team in the country LSU is six and one in the SEC A&M is one and six Brian Kelly talked about going up he he, when he was at Notre Dame he used to play against Florida State Jimbo was the coach of the Seminoles now he's going up against Jimbo one more time
5: always talented Uh, he's obviously a great recruiter and he's He's talented. Uh, he's had talented football teams uh, every year that I've gone against him. Um, again, the, the the calling card has always been um, outstanding offenses, uh, the ability to um, you know play aggressive defense, and just good football teams. You know, they've always been great games. Um, and look forward to a, a look forward to another great opportunity. Six
1: o'clock in College Station taking on the Aggies. The Tigers are nine and a half point favors. And of course, we'll find out tonight again, is LSU going to move up to number five or are they going to be leapfrogged by USC and remain at number six? That is the big, that's the big um, look-see moment tonight with the reveal. There'll be no change among the top. It'll be Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU. Who's going to be 5? Is it LSU or is it USC? That's what we'll all be watching and waiting to see. Meanwhile, we saw the Saints' next opponent on Monday Night Football last night. The San Francisco 49ers just took care of business against the Arizona Cardinals. They are a team that uh, seems to be peaking at the right time. And uh, for the Saints to be able to compete, they've got to have their stars play well. Taysom Hill talked about what that win over the Rams might do for the New Orleans Saints moving forward.
5: Yeah, I mean, I, I think obviously, you know, that, that's a Ram team that's a little banged up, but they, they won the Super Bowl last year, and, and we're well aware of that. And um, I think the mindset is, hey, let's continue to build on what we did. You know, so we've talked about offensively at least, um, no turnovers, no penalties, Man, and if we continue to play that style of football, we're, we're going to be a really tough team tough to beat. So as we for, forecast in the next week, let's, let's continue to do that, and,
1: and that will be the mindset. Now that mixing of quarterbacks, everybody was thinking, well, if Andy Dalton fails, it's time to go back to Jameis Winston. Andy Dalton had a terrific game. Taysom Hill was terrific as well. Uh, the saints took care of business against the rams they are an eight and a half point road underdog to the san francisco 49ers demario davis the team leader you know he's kind of taken over that pregame chant that drew drew Brees was almost always famous for well now that's demario davis's role he talked about the message that he gave to his team you can learn a lot from nature and if you think about uh palm trees they bend, but they don't break. And hurricanes come to the palm trees all the time, and they lean all the way to the ground, but they never break. And and the reason why they don't is because every time there's a storm, they just dig deeper. Their roots go deeper in the ground. And that's what we do. Every storm, that's, that's the great thing about not just this team, but this city is so resilient. And we've been faced with a lot of adversity. And sometimes it feels like storm on top of the storm. But the great thing is, it's, it's making our roots go deeper. And when that storm passes, we always snap back, you don't just come back. And so that's the exciting thing. And uh, it was great putting that on display today. It certainly felt like a snapback moment. So it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun and uh, a much needed win. Again, the Saints versus the 49ers out on the West Coast uh, this Sunday. The big news on football overseas in Qatar. The, they, they're calling it the biggest upset in World Cup history. Lionel Messi in Argentina fall to Saudi Arabia. And also, uh, Manchester United terminates uh, Portugal star Ronaldo's contract. Uh, That's over and done. So we will see. Um, We will see. So there's your sound of the day. Um, If today is your birthday, well, happy birthday from all of us to all of you as we wrap up today's show. Um, Your birthday coincides with a six-time Grand Slam champion, and the youngest tennis star to win a Wimbledon title at the age of 17. Happy 55th birthday to Boris Becker. Happy 57th birthday to a former cornerback for the New Orleans Saints, Eric Allen. Special thanks to our guest today, Michael Huguenin. On all things college football, it's rivalry weekend. Oh, my gosh, it doesn't get any better than this. And, of course, Bob Rose of the saints news network with the black and gold report uh james mesh thank you so very much for all you do thanks to all of you for listening in in whatever form or fashion that you do thanks to our partners that make it possible each and every day until tomorrow i'm geordie helbert stay thirsty my friends do everything you can to stay healthy man that that i can't stress it enough that's the most important thing take care of yourself Let's be kind to one another. It's almost Thanksgiving. Let's be thankful for one another. And hey, never hurts to be happy. Have a great day, everybody. See you next time.